Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 93, and so the world is a pretty dark and bleak place right now, and so we want to bring some levity and some fun to everything. So this week, we're going to do one. Our discussion today is a topic that, believe it or not, we haven't done yet. I'm actually amazed that we have not done this one yet, Josh. Um, I, I double and triple checked our list because it's like, we have to. Because the movies that we're going to talk about today, I feel like we reference every single week. Because we're going to be talking about oh, our yeah. favorite comedies of all time. Um, one, because the world needs more optimism right now, especially me after this most recent weekend. But I'll, I'll go into that in a little yeah. bit. Um, but also, one of our news topics today involves a beloved comedy franchise. And I thought, if not now, then when will we talk about favorite comedies? So that's what we're going to do today. We will be talking about um, our top... 10 but not necessarily ranking them it's like these are the 10 movies that we like the best in the comedy genre um other than one movie in particular for me the rest of them are in my rankings but i don't have a definitive spot for them like i know what my number one yeah. is but everything else kind of has to duke it out in a battle to the death for my affection um but we'll get there in a little bit josh how you doing tonight i'm chilling bro i'm chilling like a villain this is kind of exciting uh i don't know if you, the listener slash viewer, have caught on, but we're trying some, been trying some new things past, past couple weeks, and uh, it's kind of exciting, kind of kind of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, a- I'm, 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 I'm in Taylor this week. I uh, I went to Illinois this past weekend to see a couple couple guys from college, and that was so that was that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, it was just a chill weekend, chill week. We're just kind of getting started. Uh, yeah. Big stuff on the horizon, though, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, How about you? Uh, I, I have a date circled. I won't say which. I think, Josh, def- I was thinking maybe episode 95, so in two weeks, I think. Um, you want to at least tease what the announcement is? Um, episode 95, we'll make the announcement? Yeah. And then we'll, yeah, we'll start hyping it up in the weeks following. We'll start hyping it up in the weeks following, because... We have some. We got some big stuff planned, guys. Um, I'm really excited. I'm also really excited for today's episode. A lot of good topics, good discussion. Uh, but I, I'm okay. I've had up and ups and downs the past few days. Um, so I am in the Florida area, which is like God's playground right now of stupidity and bad choices. <laughs> of yeah. Um, so. It seems like there's no end in sight right now, and I had an yeah. end in sight at least somewhat. Um, so I was just like, okay, by this point, stuff should relatively be back to normal. So I go to Universal a lot, and one of my favorite events, not just at Universal, but oh. just in all year. Like anybody that knows me, I love horror movies, and so Universal has their Halloween Horror Nights every year for like a month. Well, this year is two months. Um, it grows bigger and bigger every year. It's if you've been to like your local haunted house, no, this is not the same. This is like ten houses made by professionals that have been in the movie industry. So it's like walking yeah. through your favorite horror movies. And for the first time ever, Universal shut down both Orlando and Hollywood's horror nights this year. So I can't say I was surprised, but it absolutely wrecked my day to the point that I was like, all right, Heather, 
we're going to Gators for dinner because that's my favorite wing place and that's like my favorite food out there. So I'm like, I need I need to just drown my sorrows in spicy hot wings and <laughs> it's just bad. Uh, I, I'm not saying I'm surprised because it's probably the right choice. And thankfully, they didn't announce anything ahead of time. Like normally they announce at least one or two of their houses by like March or April, but they hadn't said anything. So it, I think it's better that I didn't have any expectations. Yeah. Um, but also... The really, really sucky thing about this is this year was supposed to be the big 30th anniversary. So, okay, it's either have the big, huge 30th anniversary celebration party at like at most 50 percent of the gas pedal that you can go or wait a year as much as that sucks and have it 110 percent. Yeah. Some of the rumors this year. It makes me sad because we were supposed to have a haunting of Hill House house this year. And we're going, dang it. Because the past two years we've had Stranger Things, uh, classic Universal Monsters. So we were supposed to have like haunting of Hill House, a Beetlejuice house. Um, But yeah, like, oh, I live and breathe for Horror Nights and just the Halloween genre. And I going into COVID, I was just like, please. Everybody wear your masks so we can save the future Halloween related season. And now with no Halloween kills and no HHN, I'm very nervous that we're not going to have Halloween. But there's some stuff that happened over this weekend. And I was just like, okay, I'm leveling out. I'm good now. There's a certain trailer that we'll talk about later that I was just like, you know what? I think this is what the world needs right now is these two morons. But we'll get to them in a little bit. Yeah. Well, and it, it was unfortunate because this was the first year I was close enough to like geographically to be able to come down and actually visit you. And so we could go to it together. This was going to be the first year we could do that. And oh man. I wanted you to just, come here because, oh, and this is, this is just for Josh. They have scare zones, which is exactly what it sounds like. Different parts of the park are just people. Uh-huh. One of the scare zones last year was called Vikings undead which yes. had a whole bunch of like zombified Vikings that would scare you just a little bit. Yeah. They had like zombified Vikings that would scare you. They'd have like dummies that were in uh, blood Eagles that would have little shows with them. I don't have blood Eagles, bro. <laughs> they had like somebody that was basically like a human kebab. There was one that was a blood Eagle. Um, there was like woodland creatures kind of, it was, yeah. Uh, it like, I look forward to it every year. I'm I'm repping my HHN merch from last year in memoriam as my my drink that I've got with me today, but it's okay. It'll be back next year. It just sucks of just like, okay, I literally have nothing to do this Halloween season, which sucks. But um Yeah. It if it means safety for other people, okay. I'm I'm okay with that. I'd much rather be able to celebrate yeah. with diehard Halloween fans next year and feel safe doing it than Okay, we can only get twenty five percent of the people that we want in this park at this time, but it sucks. But yeah. I understand it. Yeah, I mean, but this will be the this will be if we don't have like a Halloween, this will be the Halloween that everybody like does movie marathons and gets like fifty pound bags of Reese's cups and just like as a family like sits down and watch scary watches scary movies together, whatever that means for for them. Yeah, Disney Plus is just going to be overwhelmed going. Why is everyone watching Hocus Pocus and nothing else? <laughs> All 15 billion subscribers. What is going on? Well, 14 billion, however, however many 
minus one because I don't do hocus pocus, man. Oh, I don't. I I I don't get it. But then again, maybe it's not for me, and I didn't grow up with it. But same. I don't. Know. Um. Well, I am not a big. I don't really watch hocus pocus. But Josh, are you watching anything good lately? Um. It was a busy week and a busy weekend, so I didn't really watch a lot of stuff. However, you know how big of a history nerd I am. Um, I found a YouTube channel called Know Better, and it the guy does a pretty like a pretty well informed, very uh, well researched, and uh, as unbiased as you can make it uh history history videos like um the one that put me on to him was my dad had and i had an argument about uh christopher columbus um, oh and how I he's a horrible person what, yeah you know and uh so i went on you know on a research thing to kind of like get support for my points and to kind of like inform myself too a little bit because sometimes as adults sometimes especially in our culture you see things on facebook or you're told something like not even secondhand but like third fourth or fifth hand and it's the the opinions you have are based off of information that other people have told you so i went at i went ahead and like all right cool so this is what i already pretty much know for a fact but let's get some actual research behind it let's actually so i can actually be like no yeah he was a terrible person um and I, and through that process, I found this chan, this guy, um, on a, doing a channel called No Better, and he like he's an ex, ex military veteran, veteran. He like, it's very his videos are very very good, very well done. Um, yeah, so I like I watched uh, Christopher Columbus. I just finished the one about the um, oh, what's the word? How Japan has revisioned history with the U.S.'s help to kind of show that uh, Japan isn't that bad, allegedly, from the Second War, um, Second World War. And then I watched a really good video that I probably will send you um, about how the police got to be so militarized as they are today, like what through history and specifically in America led to that. It's, it's, it's super interesting. Um, yeah. I'm I'm probably gonna watch Baby Driver this week with my dad. Yeah, um, I'm I'm aiming to get at least halfway, if not finish Rebels this week, because um, I got a pretty chill week for the most part. Um, but yeah, that's good about it for me, man. What about you? Um, so partially inspired by your choice last week, um, but also because I just picked a couple movies, and so how it goes in the apartment is I always pick like five or six movies, and Heather can pick from those because. Our shelf is too huge, and she'll be like, oh, um, that's a lot to pick from. From If I just be like, Heather, pick yeah. the movie. Be like, good luck. Here's 550 plus. Pick one out of that. So <laughs> I'll like try and pre-narrow it down for her. And so she narrowed it down to Warrior, and I was just like, that's my girl. Um, that's a so good one. I haven't seen it. We, neither of us have seen it in a while, and that's one of the, her favorites that I've shown her that she hadn't seen before. Mm. And so we rewatched Warrior. Just, oh, it's so good, guys. Um, it's but, so good. Last night, uh, she had not seen, and I. it's been years since I'd seen it, The Social Network. Um, oh. I'm still mixed you... on it, but I came away very angry, um, but not for the reason that you might think. I came away very angry from The Social Network going, 
I'm not a huge Jesse Eisenberg fan. Never have, never will be. I like him in Zombieland, but that's about it. But gosh dang it, Zack Snyder, you cast a pretty decent Lex Luthor, but you didn't have him act like Lex Luthor. Because the Mark Zuck, like we've heard that the Mark Zuckerberg in the Social Network movie isn't very accurate to Mark Zuckerberg in real life because Mark Zuckerberg in real life isn't actually human and he's an android. But um, <laughs> the movie version of Mark Zuckerberg felt like Lex Luthor of like, I will stab two different people in the back, but in the end, I will come out ahead. I'm the smartest guy in the room and I will not pay attention to anything anybody else says. And I will immediately talk down to everybody else, but not realize what I'm saying is talking down. Or if I do, I don't care. Wow. That's unfortunate. You know, I, I don't think I've actually seen social network now that I think about it. It's it's not bad. Um, it's very Aaron Sorkin, which it means it's good writing, but at times it goes by too fast for you to notice that it's great writing. Fair. That that's what uh Letterkenny feels like sometimes. Yeah, like the opening scene between the two main characters. I've seen some of it. But yeah, like the opening scene, the two characters going back and forth. I'm just like, I could follow it, but let me breathe, dang it. And also, yeah. no one responds to each other that fast. Uh, Yeah, actually. It's like West yeah. Wing, but again, because that's Aaron Sorkin. But it, yes. it's good. I will never say... So- I'll never say social media, social networks, one of my favorite movies, primarily because I didn't care so much about the rise of facebook like aaron sorkin wrote moneyball which i much prefer that and maybe that's because i'm a baseball fan but yeah baseball that's that's also more of a traditional sports movie where social networks just like hey you love facebook it was created by scumbags (laughs) it is and it's upheld by scumbags yep it still is um but now those scumbags (laughs) have your information I've done I've I actually which is wild that we're talking about social media so the social network movie because I recently just went through my my Facebook all my social media and kind of like dabbled with all the the privacy settings because just to kind of uh, feel safer I guess I don't know mm-hmm. makes sense um, well you know what's not safe any release date in 2020 good grief. <laughs> so i mean at this point we're not necessarily surprised but it doesn't mean it doesn't stink any less one of one of these release dates genuinely made me scream at the apartment and roll on the floor in anger for a little bit and i'm not proud of that Mm. but um yeah i was scrolling through social media on thursday or friday uh i forget which Probably Friday, because that was when the HHN announcement came, and that just pound, compounded on top of that. I was like, God, can nothing go right today? Yeah. Um, no. But I thought A Quiet Place was going to be safe. I really did, because yeah. because it, was, it had been moved to September. I was just like, okay, September seems like a fine time. We should be okay by then. Nope. A Quiet Place 2 has now officially been delayed from September of this year to april 2021 and i'm going it's not fair because that one was so close to opening right when this broke out so there are critics out there that have seen this movie and know what happens and i'm like that's not fair i want to know too man um 
I didn't but, think about that. That's oh, that's yeah, that's not fair. I'm bitter. I'm right, bitter now. Right? That's one of the few movies that has been delayed, but there are a handful of non-producers that were attached to this movie that have seen the movie. I'm like, come on. At least with Tenant, no one has seen Tenant, so we don't know. A Quiet Place that actually already had press screenings and people had seen it and were saying it was fantastic. I was like, come on. Um but yeah, that would oh that frustrates me. The delay train don't <laughs> stop there. It's a multi everyone's getting on the delay train today. Uh Joe, Top Gun Joe. Maverick, which I thought was going to be safe. I thought because it comes out in December. It has been moved from December to July of next year. And I'm going, if Tom Cruise is not safe in his release dates, what is? Uh so yeah, a quiet place too. Delayed till April. Uh, Top Gun. I was actually looking forward to it. I'm not a huge fan of the first one, but some of the stuff that I saw in the trailer for the new Top Gun actually made me yeah. really excited to see this new one. So I was looking forward to that. Add to the list now, almost anything Disney-related. Mulan has been delayed, but here's the kicker. It has been delayed indefinitely to the point of we don't actually have a set release date. Um, and also, so uh, it's are not- they just not going to show it? Uh, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, but I didn't add it in the graphic because it broke super late, like maybe an hour or two ago before we recorded on this. But uh, Tenet slash Tenet, whatever we want to call it, kind of has a release date. It's very weird. So what they're going to be doing is, uh, I think August 26th or August 29th, they're going to start showing Tenet overseas in like 70 different countries that are in a lot better state than us. And then in select theaters here in America, starting September 3rd. So they're going to do like a phased opening of Tenet. I'm going, interesting. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mulan does something similar to that. But again, Mulan needs the Chinese market. Um, it does. So Mulan has been delayed indefinitely going, okay, we need to release this when everything is safe. I'm, I'm just looking at Wonder Woman, who's probably sweating nervously going, we're still coming out in September, guys. Um, yeah. September or October, but wait, there's more. Um, we have now movies that hadn't started shooting yet, but now have, because we have all these delays in production, but also delays in release dates, everything's going to get shuffled down. So now Spider-Man three gets delayed a month from November to December of next year. And I'm going, well, this pretty much puts the nail in the coffin that yes, Uncharted will definitely be coming out before spider-man 3 um okay um yeah. avatar for better and, or for worse yeah avatar and spider-man not spider-man avatar and star wars movies all have been pushed back a year so the next star wars movie won't be until 2023 which um i'm okay with that yeah i was about to say that's actually probably for the best right now of cool let the star wars franchise cool off do its thing on disney yeah. plus um I'm not a huge fan of James Cameron, uh, except for some of his earlier stuff, like uh, T2, uh, True Lies. But I actually feel bad for him with Avatar here because he's been working on it forever. And to be like, all right, guys, we're just about done with principal photography. Are you? Are you? Because you got to push it back. And then he's just like, yep, we'll we'll have it come out at a later date. Don't worry. I'll start working on the six other sequels. And that's not me telling a joke he's he's actually trying to do five or six sequels and man i didn't know you could uh expand fern gully to that many movies <sighs> yeah so josh you seeing all these delays what 
are there certain ones that hurt more than others? Uh, what are you making all these delays? Um, Quiet Place hurt. Uh, Mulan hurt. Um, but I like I was that was kind of excited for Top Gun. Um, just because of like much like you, like a lot of the the stuff looked good. It looked fun. Um, I've seen the original. It's not one of my favorite movies, but it's it's good. Like I'll I'll put it on and put it on it's, in the background. It's a good film. It's good to make fun of <laughs> for its yeah. not very Only subtleness. <laughs> um, but Avatar I expected. I wasn't sure. I personally, because you keep up with it way better than I do, and for better or for worse, um, I really wasn't sure how far along Avatar was. So that doesn't, but that doesn't surprise me. Um, I'd like to think that given more time, James Cameron will uh, write some better movies, but uh, we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I definitely would agree with you on the, on the, on the two things. Uh, Uncharted is definitely coming out before Spider-Man three now. Considering yeah, um, that one's actually filming now. So yes, yes. Um, and, but I, I kind of feel like that's a good thing. Um, especially cause it's going to have some separation, isn't it? Like, uh, if there's a few months between them, isn't there? Yeah. I think uncharted is still supposed to come out, um, July and then now Spider-Man's December. So I'm not sure, but you got to think also, um, uncharted doesn't have to worry about other movies where Spider-Man, I'm sure Kevin Feige has to have it slot into a specific spot and with everything, yeah. Black Widow, Eternals, Shang Chi, with everything being yeah. slotted down, it, it it makes a lot of sense that Spider Man has to be slotted down too. Yeah, it does. It, it and that's the price you pay for having chronological storytelling. Um, well, but yeah, no, I would agree with you on the on the Star Wars thing. I think it that will end up being a way better move um, with because we had what uh, how many Star Wars movies come out in the span of two or three years from like five and 15 oh. to now we've had at least five at least yeah, we've five. had the trilogy and the two spinoffs so one a year yeah so five five movies in five years um and for for better or for worse obviously there's there's all kinds of critics and we've kind of voiced our opinions before um which you know we I, have we ever talked new trilogy with uh with michael we i don't think we have uh just because right now i feel like new trilogy as a concept is still pretty up in the air of like yes we're getting high republic stuff uh disney's pushing that i feel like they were really going to push the pedal down on that hard right as this was outbreak was happening of like books comics uh stuff in the yeah. high republic era but i'm i'm very much down for that idea i will talk to michael and see um, see if we can get him on that would be a lot of fun because i remember our last star wars episode before the release of rise that we did we had him on and that was a lot of fun that's still one of my favorite episodes um yeah but yeah no but anyway uh, the because of the five movies in five five years five years i i think it might be good to kind of ease off the gas just a little bit on the actual like mainstream uh cinema for for star wars movies and focus on your your kind of your disney plus stuff i mean 
Obi-Wan, Mandalorian, like those are going to be your those are going to be your expanded universe stories that are really going to build build your build your world or your worlds as it would be. Um and that that those are the kind of things that will make us get be amped again in 3 years when we bring Star Wars back with Taika Waititi. Um Taika Waititi I'll always say, and I'll still say this till the death of me, of Star Wars fatigue is not a thing, guys. It is uh, quality over quantity. It's not that we got a Star Wars movie a year for five years. It's it's that they were movies that weren't universally beloved and were just kind of not, yeah. the, not the best foot forward. If you make good movies time and time again, people... Here's a novel concept. People don't get sick of good movies. Look at the what? MCU. No way. If you keep making good movies, people don't get tired of that. So people Nathan, saying that they're sick of that. Star Wars right now, it's probably because you just haven't liked what they've put out. And I, if you don't like what Disney has done with Star Wars currently, I totally understand and respect that. But I, yeah. I don't think Star Wars fatigue is a real thing. I think it's quality will always... Cream will always... the What's it? Cream will always rise to the top. So... Yep. It's a there's been lukewarm movies so far is the problem more than anything else. Yeah, I because I personally I wouldn't say that no matter how you feel about Last Jedi, no matter how you feel about Rise of Skywalker, they're not absolute garbage movies. No. There's fun it, while it's rushed. There's a lot of fun to be had in Rise. There's a lot of good, really good, powerful moments in Rise. Um, it's just rushed, so it, it doesn't feel as earned. But they, it's by far not a garbage movie. I mean, we've we do a series on this show called Five Good Things. We've seen garbage movies. Oh yes. Um, uh, if you guys think but, Rise of Skywalker is the most, worst movie you've ever seen, expand your horizons, people. Oh, dude. And, and like there's some movies out there that are not even not even so bad. It's good. Like Wicker Man, like hmm. or really most of Nicolas Cage's films. Like, I don't think there's anyone that's like absolute garbage. Um, we haven't seen them that's all That's a yet. discussion Out- for another day. No, Outcast. Yeah. <laughs> Outcast. The fact that we the fact that we make a, a point to see every Nicolas Cage movie ever says something about our friendship. Also, I don't think we've ever <laughs> talked about it on the podcast here, but guys. There's a Nicolas Cage movie coming out where he's going to play himself. Wait, what? Yeah, look it up. It's going to be like a being John Malkovich type thing where Nicolas Cage is going to play Nicolas Cage and I'm all about it. I wonder how he's going to act. Oh, also, uh, before we move on to our next topic, I saw the single greatest meme of all time today. Of it showed John Travolta walking down the street with no mask on or anything. He was just getting groceries. Yes, and somebody, I saw that. And somebody said, "Oh, it's nice to see Nicolas Cage with his mask on." And I was like, "That is the best." Yes, that's the best meme uh, I've ever I seen. I saw him like Nicolas Cage. Off. Uh, face off is great, guys. Oh, so Josh, this segue is going to get me killed by some people, but I don't care. So you talk about Rise okay. of Skywalker being rushed um and kind of some people thinking it's rushed and garbage well speaking of rushed mm-hmm. and garbage half the dceu movies <laughs> so oh boy I, um i'm gonna surprise josh here 
the more we find out about the Snyder Cut, the more I'm intrigued and interested by it. And I'm becoming okay. more and more supportive of it. Not because I like Zack Snyder's movies. I really don't. Um, but because more and more stuff has come out of how royally he was screwed over. And I, more than anything, okay. I just want the guy to finish what he started for better or for worse. So, um, there was a thing over the weekend, which, did you guys know Comic-Con was this weekend? And not a lot came what? out of it. What? Um, Virtual Comic-Con. But somebody <laughs> held something called Justice Con, put on by some fans, and they actually had Zack Snyder on it. And so he talked a little bit about his version of Justice League that we're going to be seeing next year with a little clip of uh, that scene that got cut from the movie, but they put on the special features that as a deleted scene where Superman comes to Alfred. Um, but this time, it is in the black and silver, the classic, like, yeah. I'm coming back from to life suit. Um, so, I'm not proud of myself for this, but for those that know what the Mandela effect is, it's that effect of, like, you grew up thinking that the Monopoly man has a monocle, but he really doesn't, or those people that thought Curious oh. George had a tail. I could have yeah, sworn yeah, yeah. on my life that black and silver Superman had a cape. No. No, he doesn't. No. So no, I looked he it up. I was just so I looked it up. I was just like, I could have sworn he had a cape when he came back to life. I thought he had a cape and a beard when he came back to life. Neither of those uh, are the true. Beard, yes. No, he doesn't. In the original what? run by John Burns, he's got a mullet, but he doesn't have a beard. I think one of the animated movies he might have had a beard, but looking at the actual comic, look up from the ones from 1993 when he died. He's clean shaven with a terrible mullet. I lo- okay, but I need the mullet. The mullet, the mullet well, means growth. We don't uh, just stop. You can't even grow a mullet. Um, oh, that hurt. Right now, I, was, I was about to say right now I'm kind of growing a mullet, but. I have my headphones over my hat, which wasn't smart thinking on my end. Um, there you go. So here's my thing is I thought this scene looked really cool. Except for the cape. The cape looked really, really weird to me. Like the silver of the cape. I was like, I probably would have made that like jet black to match the suit a little better. But other than that, I thought it looked really, really interesting. He did say, however, that whole black and silver uh, suit is completely color corrected because the studio made him shoot all the Superman scenes with the red and blue suit because they didn't understand the black and silver. So the black and from what I understand, what he said is the black and silver suit was never actually made. And anytime we see it, it's the color corrected version of the suit. That's crazy because the studio was just like, we don't, why would he have a black and silver one? We don't get it. So I'm like, okay, Snyder, I'll take your side on that one. So, um, that's why Dang. this is so bright and colorful in the Justice League that we got. It's to make it easier to go back and color correct it later. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, Zach, I'm kind of taking your side on this. And also, further to his credit, again, I'll give credit where credit's due, even if it means I was wrong. He did bring up a really good point recently of... As much as I want to see Superman back in the red and blue and be the Superman we know and love, 
how is he supposed to wear that red and blue suit when he got impaled by Doomsday and there's a big old hole in the middle? Hey, yeah, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. My mind's being blown right now, man. So, yeah. I but the jury is still out on the quality of the movie, but the more I'm hearing about it, I'm like, okay, Zach, I will give you the benefit of the doubt because I still like most of Man of Steel. I still have some issues with it, but I still like most Man of Steel, and Batman versus yeah. Superman. I I hate it. I hate it so much. But also, I'm the person that over the past few months has been vehemently defending J.J. Abrams for Rise of Skywalker going, every director has at least one bad outing at the office. So maybe Batman versus Superman was Zack Snyder's bad day at the office. Like, uh, I I haven't liked some of his other stuff, like 300. I hate 300, but I really enjoy Watchmen. So we don't know what Justice League was is going to be like, but the more I hear about it and the more I hear of the cast who... I don't like Zack Snyder's movies by and large, but I think I would enjoy working for him because I've never heard anything yeah. negative from anybody that works with him. So I'm not going to lie. The suit to me, minus the cape, looks awesome. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I I, I'm at least curious. Would, I would like to have the mullet, but that's me personally. Yeah. Why? It's it's 2020. Who, well, I was about to say, it's 2020. Who's got mullets? But now everyone in America. Like, mullets are coming <laughs> back, bro. It's because and they everyone's need, scared to go to the they, barber shop. They they need representation in, in media. <laughs> they need to grow. Oh, no. Uh, okay, yeah. But I, I would like the the mullet. I, I think it, it just adds to the, oh, you know, like, oh, he's. He's so uh, 90s, he's been down though. for a while. He's uncapped. Um, so he also said that we will be getting our first official trailer during fandom, which I kind of figured would happen. Um, he also said that he won't be using any of the Joss Whedon footage, which some people got all up in arms. Which some I get it because he didn't really necessarily put it in the most delicate way. I think Zack Snyder at times can be, like if his comments are taken out of context can come across as a bit abrasive. Um, yeah, but at the same time, while I liked the Joss Whedon justice league that we got, I completely understand why Snyder would say, I'm not using any of that footage because it's not what he wanted. And Snyder's justice league is going to be exactly what he wanted. And that's, that's totally fair. I think. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing too is, Especially without ev- with how everything's coming out, or how royally screwed he's been for for Justice League and uh, from from the studio. Um, I think it's one of those like I need to all not just I want to not use the footage of the guy that replaced me. I do. I want to prove to the studio that my vision was the right one, um, and I want to prove to the fans that doubt me too. Like I think there's a certain I, I I think he he feels like there might be a chip on his shoulder with this, especially coming off coming off of of Man of uh, not Man of Steel, uh, Batman v Superman, and with everything. I mean, I wouldn't you know do, whether or not the the family stuff was real or what have you, or whether or not it was just kind of given to us as a reason for 
for Warner Brothers to be like, mm, go away. Um, but I, I, if I can see him coming into this with a chip on his shoulder and determination to not just make this his own, but to make it really good. Yeah, I think also the thing that kind of really started to turn me around on this and make it go, okay, I'm much more accepting of this, um, is he has said that this, his version of the movie that's coming out is not canon. And he actually said this word specifically. He said, think of this movie like an Elseworld story, to which I immediately go, okay, I'm fine with this because I haven't liked some of your story directions that you've gone in the past, but I respect your vision. But if you told me it's an Elseworld story, I'm okay with that because that would explain some of the out of characteristic nature that we've had with some of these characters. I can kind of get more on board with it if it's an Elseworld story. Yeah. And I, one of my buddies was like, oh, not canon. Oh, come on. But at the same time, it's like, how do you, if it, if you make this canon, how do you explain to you to a, like a common moviegoer that, the the Justice League that you saw in theaters, all the you know all those months ago doesn't is count. Now yeah. not it doesn't count. It's not real. Because um, how do you explain that? Like you know, like, so it it makes you almost have to not make it canon. Because as much as we think we're the norm when it comes to movie people, there's people like my mm-hmm. parents who like they like Justice League, but if I tell them anything about the Snyder Cut, they'll be like, "Well, what's that?" Because yeah, we as comic book fans think that. We're still the biggest majority. People go see the comic book movies, but people that follow the movie news actively and like keep up with this type of inner working stuff isn't the mainstream yet. It's still yeah, like people know of the Snyder Cut, but I don't think they know that's a thing. But I don't think people yeah. really. It'll confuse people if it was canon. Yeah, I, I don't think they know of the significance of it either yeah that's fair um so one movie that i swear it started production before justice league might finally be coming out is the new mutants so the new mutants also had a panel at comic-con this weekend where they said that they're coming out august 28th which i'll get into that release date in a second of kind of something that i hope happens um, but not only did they say that they're sticking with their release date for right now, uh, they debuted the opening couple seconds, well, not seconds, but like the first four <laughs> minutes of the New Mutants itself. And I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was pretty sweet for the most part. Um, yeah. So I'm going to address the elephant. The one and only thing that I didn't like, the elephant in the room on this. The only thing I didn't like about this opening scene was good grief. Was that dad a bad actor? Like yeah, what? Mm. I don't, I, he looked familiar. He did, but I didn't know what from, but also like maybe it was my internet connection or something, but it like seemed like they did a really weird ADR job on him. Like mm. his back was turned while he was delivering the dialogue and I couldn't really hear him. And then when I did, his lips didn't quite line up or it was either that or the delivery was just wonky. Uh, but yeah. other than that, it was like, this doesn't feel like an X-Men movie. And I like that a lot. Oh, absolutely. It feels like a horror movie, which is what this movie has been marketing itself as the entire time. And I'm glad it's sticking to that premise. Also, 
giant bears. Bears. Yeah. <laughs> so giant Ni- bears. So Nicolas Cage is going to come back at the end, skin the bear, and then take its carcass. Just so he can come back for the Wicker Man 2, the Wickening. <laughs> okay, but if that's not all, what Wicker so Man 2 watched... is called. <laughs> no, it should not be called that at all. Um, but I I watched the uh the, like minute minute and a half teaser before watching the two minutes uh that they dropped it like a little bit before the, the two minute drop. Um and Dude, the more and more I see from this film, the more and more I get excited about it. Uh, I think you and I have been vocal in that I have been excited about this since the first trailer because it's a fresh new idea that hasn't really been done before. And the cast is incredible. And I think they kind of show it in the teaser as well as in the two minutes outside of the weird dad thing. But He's obviously not not gonna be a recurring character. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, he gets but... country bearded. <laughs> That's what happens to yeah, Andrew Osmond's bear. Thinking... <laughs> I was thinking he comes back in like a uh, a dream sequence or something like that. But yeah, no, yeah, probably. it's it was it's super cool. It's I enjoy it. It's something new, fresh. All the powers look super fun and new, and something we haven't really seen before. Also. The movie's got your girl Anya Taylor Joy in it from Split and The Witch. I love her. She's she, great. She's great primarily because um, she to me is a lot like Haley Steinfeld. Of they're great, but also by and large they are very good at what they pick to be in. So like, mm. I think part of the reason why I like Haley Steinfeld and Anya Taylor Joy is like when I see that they're in something nine times out of ten. It's a pretty decent movie, especially Haley Steinfeld. Um, but this, I'm just like, okay, they're pretty selective about their scripts. It's the same reason why I'm excited for Robert Pattinson as Batman. I'm like, he's really selective about his scripts. And so if Anya Taylor-Joyce attached to this, I think she sees something, and I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. So I talked about the release date. I think they might still keep this release date, but here's why I would be very excited. So Christopher Nolan, I love you, brother. But he's like so gung-ho about, I need to be the first movie that comes back to the theaters. I need to be the one that saves the theater-going experience. I would laugh so hard if the New Mutants beat him to the opening box office by one week. I, and honestly, I would love that. This movie deserves it. Like the amount of nonsense that New Mutants has been through, it deserves this kind of spotlight, especially if it turns out to be a good movie. Didn't it finish filming like before Nolan even started Dunkirk? Well, I, from what I remember, it was like it. The movie was like done, but uh, yeah, it got lost it's a little bit done, in done. the Disney Fox merger. It's been done, done forever. Yeah, like I, I remember us being like, "Will they release New Mutants during the the Disney Fox like uh, MCU merger?" And some people were going, well, "Let's go straight to Disney Plus." It, sorry, guys, mm. Disney Plus. If it did go straight to streaming, Disney Plus is not where it's going first. It's got pre-existing contracts. No. Um, well, if, even if it wasn't a pre-existing contract, um, I don't think I can see New Mutants on uh, Disney Plus. <laughs> Hulu. So, 
Um, Ooh, I'm down. Yeah. So, I I'm curious about this movie. It looks good. At this opening shot, definitely got me on board more. So we shall see. Jury's still out if this movie will ever come out, but um, fingers crossed. And I do hope it's before uh, Tenet. Just I love you, Christopher Nolan, but I just think it'd be funny. He'll be like, yeah. He'll just look at the box office, going, "What the heck's a new mutant?" <laughs> I mean, because he he's totally the kind of guy to like not necessarily pay attention to what else is coming out. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm paying attention to something that's coming out. Unfortunately, now on demand in September, um, and I'm of course referring to Bill and Ted Face the Music, which made the very sad announcement that it will be going to video on demand starting in September, September 1st. However, I'm not totally sad about it because they said it will be open in select theaters, which makes me think, okay, if your theater's open, they might be showing this, Um, but also video on demand. (laughs) And almost kind of as like a make good to the fans, they dropped a new trailer and what I imagine will probably be the final trailer before the movie comes out. Yeah. And dude, this is the trailer that they should have opened with because I have watched this trailer so many times and have had a big, huge grin on my face the entire time I'm watching this trailer every single time Yeah, because holy crap, this completely nails the tone. It is wonderfully funny and stupid at the same time yeah oh absolutely um and i like how they are i mean we're obviously here for bill and ted but i like that um that they've kind of kept the daughters in the background a little bit and like we only get like a little bit of a taste of them um towards the end of the trailer and like what we do get i was like oh we are oh we're in for a treat we're in for quite a treat. It's going to be fun. I mean, if it if the video on demand in this case, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I think it's one of those like we need this movie to come out right now because of the time that we're in. And I can see Keanu being like, the message is important. Um, and uh, so I, I don't mind the via the video on demand. I think it's not. Well, we're not going to make our money back with this, but at the same time, you're not going to make your money back with this. Yeah, it's one of those just like, I don't think you were ever, I don't think this movie was ever going to be a big box office smash hit or anything. Like, it could make its money back for yeah. sure, uh, but it's it wasn't going to make $400, 500000000 million. It was going to be a modest success because its budget wasn't necessarily the biggest budget in the world. Um I think this move, this trailer for sure telegraphs the fact that um, the daughters are going to be the ones that saves the universe. Um, yes. Maybe performing with their dads, but I think it's interesting that this trailer also had a lot more, maybe I'm reading too much into it. There was a lot more heart than I thought there would be of yeah. a moment that stands out for me is um, when they're in the garage and Ted is just like, dude, we're old. And we still haven't written that song. And I'm tired. Like, I get the sense that Ted just wants to move on with his life because they spent so much time trying to come up with this universe-saving song. And um, Bill is just like, no, dude, we've got to write this song. It's our destiny. We've got to do it. Like, that's the thing that he's holding on to, whereas Ted's just like, 
I just want to move on with this, man. I I want to do something else. Um, yeah. So it was nice to see Death again and being like perfect. I love the whole, is he playing hopscotch by himself and he's cheating? <laughs> or the scene that I've watched so many times, though, is that ending stinger of uh, girls, dads, how are you doing? Oh, you know, well, we're in hell and we're dead. But how are you doing? Good. Like, <laughs> like you're dead and in I hell, but they realize, yeah, that doesn't mean anything down here. But how are you doing? Like, Keanu still cares. <laughs> I love, and that's what I think the girls are like the secret weapon. I mean, I think you're right in that they telegraph that the girls are going to write the song to save the universe. But, but if you do it right, I don't I'm care. not necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily dislike that. Um, primarily because like just this that little snippet of, of at the end that we get with the, the, the dads and the daughters, like that chemistry is awesome. And I love it. Like so <laughs> long as you pass the torch well, I'm fine with the yes. torch being passed in general. I, I just. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just don't make it heavy handed. But yeah, I'm. Either way, video on demand or in theaters, I'll be seeing this opening weekend somehow. So, um, this next one, this next story. <laughs> this For those that think Jason Snowmoa is the weirdest story that we've had in a while, you're right. But this is also in the consideration, and I'm going to call this news topic Ice Ice Franco, because... Okay. So... <laughs> Vanilla Ice was a thing, right? For a little bit. Yeah, not that big of a thing, but a thing. (laughs) Yeah, not a good thing at all. But apparently we are now getting Dave Franco to be playing Vanilla Ice in an upcoming biopic. And I'm going, of all people to get a biopic, why Vanilla Ice? Um, Which, yes, I know what you're thinking. And yes. I did put a picture of Vanilla Ice with the Ninja Turtles and Dave Franco for the graphic for this because that's his eternal legacy is not it is Ice Ice Baby. It's Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Go Ninja, Go, um, go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Go Ninja, Go Ninja, From go. the little snippets that I've heard, we don't know a ton about this. Um, I'm not entirely against this because they've said that they kind of want to um, recapture the magic of Dave Franco's performance in The Disaster Artist and kind of do something similar to that of being kind of aware that this guy doesn't have that much talent. That being said, though, I would rather watch something Tommy was so related than something Vanilla Ice related. And that includes that includes Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. So <laughs> I... The issue I I because I, I, I think Dave does has have some talent. Oh yeah, is the thing. Like, Jump Street. I, I can't. Yeah, like he he's good. He I just so I think recapture the magic of the nineties. I guess sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what to do with this. It's just one of those like like you said of all people to get a biopic. Why why Vanilla Ice? I'm just like could could we not do a biopic about? that guy from journey their new singer that they found via youtube i think that'd be a lot cooler of a, a biopic um or even like to follow up the queen one um to uh be like 
do something about the transit. Actually, no, I think they did a documentary about the transition from, uh, from Queen Queen like not being oh, a thing to to Adam Lambert. Lambert seeing. I think they just released a documentary. Now that I say something about it, now just make a sequel to Bohemian Rhapsody about Brian May. Yeah, I actually would be really down for that. Or better yet, let's do an ACDC biopic and just call it Highway to Hell. Well, do well because the the transition from lead singers um, would be awesome because they, for those who don't know, uh, Back in Black they the, was the album that featured their new lead singer because they the first the original one died due to overdose and all that stuff. And you almost a you can almost not even tell because he sounds almost exactly the same. But they also like it was it, it's easily one of the best rock albums of all time. So it it would be interesting to see to do almost like something like the Dirt for Motley Crue, but with ACDC. I'd be down. I just think some studio exec was like, okay, the '90s are big right now. What from the 90s yeah. can we turn into a movie or biopic? It's like the Jason Momoa thing of just like they shook it up in a Yahtzee barrel and we're like, okay, Dave Franco's hot right now. So is Vanilla Ice, kind of. Um, he's not <laughs> doing reality TV anymore, so he's okay to do a movie about. Um, it's just, okay, sure. Um, that being said, I, I still love Disaster Artist, and I think it's criminally underrated, and Dave Franco's excellent in it. So if it's in the same vein as Disaster Artist, could work for me. I like weird stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, and our last news topic today. It's yeah. It's not surprising. It's, it's more of... I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, Josh. Um, so DC Universe, the app for all things DC, supposedly... Uh, was initially touted to be that of all things DC, DC movies, DC comics, your one-stop shop for everything DC. And almost the day it launched, they almost completely pulled out support for DC Universe. And now it seems to be... Uh, the service seems to have been dealt a, another critical hit, if you will, in that... so. They had an option for a while there of you could buy your subscription either per month, which is what I do, or buy it a year at a time. So you could save a couple bucks and just play it all in one year. Um, now they've completely taken it away, and now you can only pay month to month. And I'm going, okay, this confirms to me that within a year, DC Universe as we know it is going to be dead or in some way integrated into HBO Max. Um, yeah. The signs at least have been there for me for a while because they said for a little bit of, okay, this is where all the DC animated movies and everything else are going to be. They dropped that so quick of like stuff will show up on Netflix or Hulu or now HBO Max and like there's not a lot on HBO Max left. Uh, and they'll be like, it's your home for original stuff. I'll be honest. Literally the only reason wasn't for the comics was I got DC Universe for Young Justice Outsiders when that showed up. Um, but they had Young Justice Outsiders, Titans, Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, and Swamp Thing. Canceled Swamp Thing. Titans has mixed reviews. Harley Quinn, excellent. Doom Patrol, excellent. Both of those are now on HBO Max, and there's rumors that Titans will go to HBO Max as well. 
the actually the number one thing that frustrates me and also was the, the first sign of uh oh we have trouble here is Josh do you remember when uh the animated movies were coming out and they said that the day that they come out on DVD or Blu-ray they'll be available on DC Universe. Mm. Yeah, yes, that, I do. That doesn't happen anymore. They only just recently got Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And I'm going, yeah, um, I've seen that like three or four times now because that came out a long time ago. So I'm looking forward to Superman Man of Tomorrow next month. So I'll wait until October, I guess, before it'll be on DC Universe. Just kidding. I'll just go out and buy it because... I, yeah. think, I think my theory with this is they wanted to test that out and then maybe their next DC animated movie, whatever that was, that came out the same day as DC Universe, didn't do well in sales maybe. And so they wanted to get some like first day sales because by and large DC animated movies when they come out, I'll buy them the first day that they come out because typically they're pretty good. Um, so maybe that was a factor, but I think the biggest factor is stuff's going to HBO Max. Titan's going to HBO Max. Um, yeah. Harley Quinn. However, because I'm nitpicky, so long as my stuff is either on Titans, uh, it's either on HBO Max or it's on DC Universe, I'll still watch it on DC Universe instead for two reasons. One, DC Universe is on Roku, morons, and DC Universe has this thing called 4K, morons. What? 4K? Yeah. It should be a prerequisite, guys. It shouldn't be. Well, sorry, we're we're gonna get around to it, <sighs> idiots. So, yeah. Uh, Josh, my main question is, what do you make of this? And over under one year left for DC Universe as we know it now. I mean, like you said, it's it feels like it's a long time coming. Um, we've kind of seen this on the horizon for a long time. We've been expecting it almost. Um, I think. I'm going to shoot for at the latest January. At the latest? But at the early. Mm-hmm. To, think, to, for it to be gone. I think there'll still be at least some of it in 2021, but yeah, it's not much longer. Yeah, and that's my, my big thing is um, I think the how do i say this the the video like the the visual content will be gone but the comics will still be there because uh a lot i don't know a lot of people that at least i don't know them personally that a lot of people go out and buy actually buy the physical comics when they're when they're released no not Um, individual issues it's too expensive i will buy books when they're yeah. when a story yeah, yeah, is yeah. done, I, like I usually wait for the for the volumes to come out. Um, yeah, but individual issues, it's too expensive. Plus, yeah, absolutely. And I so, kind of so, have too many uh, by myself already. So, yeah, and it's just easier to um, read them. Like, like you can don't, sometimes you don't want to use the 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 comic itself because it can get crinkled it can get ruined it can get spilled drink on it or whatever you it's just nicer to have it like on your phone and while it's not, not at least in my opinion the best viewing experience i definitely prefer to have it on the page in front of me but at least i don't have to risk carrying a comic book around i can just have it right there on my phone so i i would hope that that stays around um i wish companies like dark horse and image would do stuff like that but 
I think, yeah, I hope that, and I think they will keep the library because even if, like, you do go to a comic book store to pick up comics, that's why they don't have stuff from, like, within six months because they still want to try and at least have some of those comic book sales is it's good if you want some of the older stuff. Be like, hey, I want this Flash comic from 1974 where he fights Captain Cold. You can go back and find that a whole lot easier on your tablet already in your service as opposed to trying to track it down in your local comic book store that might not even have it because they won't have a whole bunch of the older stuff, like not necessarily the very specific one that you're looking for. Yeah. And that's for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, I still love going to comic book stores, but I almost never go for individual issues. I go for books, like finished storylines or for research for like future projects that we might also be working on. What? What? No. Without uh, going into what? too much detail about what it is. Josh, have you started that yet? Um, I've dabbled a little bit uh, uh, going back and forth. Um, just kind of, uh, yeah, taking my time on it. Uh, given that it's a few weeks out, just kind of, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you more about it off yep. mic because I have some thoughts about it. I have. Yeah. I have. I think I have the ending and the main villain down. Ooh, I think. okay, okay. And I'll okay, give you a okay. hint, and I'll give the people at home a little hint. It's not who you think I would probably go with. Okay. Now, like change. now Josh's like change. interest is peaked. But yeah, well, that's I'm a that's down. a further down the road type of thing. But we'll get there. We'll burn that bridge when we get there. Um, Josh, you got a sponsor <laughs> for us this week. Um, this week is uh, brought to you in part by. Uh, monster energy when you have those long trips and you can't stop being might as well be monster and energy i thought you're gonna do like a pbs thing there just like this episode is brought to you by viewers like you viewers thank you you. i just (laughs) a little little 10 year old me ah you're so welcome (laughs) Mm -hmm. so like we said at the beginning of the show everyone needs some positivity in their life right now because the world's kind of dark so This week, we figured in conjunction with the Bill and Ted news, we were going to discuss our favorite comedies of all time. Now, these are like kind of more or less my 10 favorites, but other than my number one, which is absolutely it will never be replaced as my number one, the rest of them are just kind of in the discussion. Um, And I had a couple that are like 11s and 12s that just barely missed the cut that I'm like, uh... I love you, so I let you go, and yeah, be with people that love you I more. Think you, yeah, I think you posted on um, what was it? You posted on either our Facebook or you just messaged me or put it on my my personal Facebook um, that like, all right, Josh, I know this can be hard, but we're only doing ten because <laughs> you and I love a good comedy. Oh yes. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some overlap on our list, but I was just like, okay, if oh, we don't, you. if we don't put some parameters on this, we will talk about this all day. And I don't know about yeah. you, but I don't need another Star Wars episode where it's going to be three hours long. <laughs> I don't think anybody else needs podcasts that long. I mean, we've had some long episodes before, but I, I don't want to get that long, so we're going to limit it to just ten and. I will save my number one for last, but everything else, it's kind of just up in the air. Um, so I'll start off with one that 
I actually am kind of kicking myself that I never saw earlier in life. And I saw only for the first time earlier this year. And it makes me sad because it's so up my alley and my specific type of humor. And that's Tim Curry's Clue. I Oh, yeah. I loved Clue. Tim Curry could do no wrong, but everyone else in it is so good. It's for those that don't know, because it's wonderful. It's basically knives out, except funny, intentionally funny throughout. Um, So you've got all this really stupid, stupid, wonderful humor. If you like psych, it's a lot like that type of humor. A lot like that type of humor. Um, if you, like not seen it, if you have not seen it, Josh, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Or it's also in the yeah, Voodoo. I, I, it's in the Voodoo. It's a well-known fact that I don't watch a lot of movies. <laughs> it's in the Voodoo. I, after I saw okay. it, I immediately bought it because I was just like, okay, this is too good. All right. All right. Oh, it's so right, funny. It's, solid, it's just wrong, solid but it's funny. Start. It's, yeah, solid start. It's all, it reminds me a lot of Psych. Okay. Rock on, man. All right, you ready? I got I got my number my, my first one. You ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this. I think I know what it is. I know what at least oh. one of it is. I think No, I won't say it cuz I'm pretty sure it's going to be your number 1. I don't know. I, don't I think know. I I think I know what your number 1 is. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm very predictable. <laughs> and I would hope you know what my number 1 is, but we'll we'll see. What what did you got there? Well, We'll get, we'll burn that bridge when we get there. Um, I'm gonna start off strong with uh, Hot Rod, Dang it. Andy Samberg and Bill. Dang, <laughs> that's the one that I thought was gonna be your number one. No, Gosh. sir. I mean, I love. I Gosh, love dang it! I should have said it then. Hot Rod. I should have said Hot Rod. <laughs> well, now it's anybody's ball game. I no, the world. Well, I was about to say the world's a completely uncertain place now, but it really is. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think when I we do get to number one, I, you won't be surprised. But how to train your dragon? <laughs> um, yeah, we uh, Hot Rod is it's Andy Samberg at his at, at peak, like right before Brooklyn Nine Nine. He is uh, for those who don't know, Hot Rod stars Rod, uh, who is a stuntman, but he's actually like terrible. He's like really bad at stunts, but he. He, it's his his lifelong pursuit, and it's just it's just good old old fashioned Lonely Island fun. Like it's I don't know it's so quotable it's painful. A uh, Danny McBride's in it. Uh, it's there's not a lot you can go wrong with with it. I will perfectly transition off of that of uh, to a movie okay. on my list okay. that has Danny McBride. I'm gonna light this place up like Ooh. it's the fourth of freaking July. And I'm, of course, talking <laughs> about Tropic Thunder. I love Tropic Thunder so much. Um, when my boy wants a TiVo, my boy gets a TiVo. It's still one of McConaughey's best performances, but also probably, no offense to the man, but this is probably still Tom Cruise's best performance as well. Because... Les Grossman is one of the single most evil but hilarious people ever. And I will, I am talking scorched earth. I will massacre you. Find out who that was. <laughs> or just Ben Stiller bring his A-game Jack Black, always needing his 
M&M's, um, or your boy Jay Baruchel, also known as Hiccup, being hilariously outgunned as the rookie actor, or the Academy Award nominated Robert Downey Jr. as a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude, which... Believe it or not, that's not actually my favorite line. My favorite moment in the whole movie, it's so stupid, is um, when he's trying to convince them that he speaks their language. And he's just like, um, I'm a farmer. You're a farmer? I'm a lead farmer, mother effer. And he just brings <laughs> these like, two huge guns. I'm like, how? How? And then Jack Black the whole time is like trying to get his little pistol out. And by the time he finally gets it out, the fight's done. I'm just like, this is so stupid, but it's wonderful. I think I definitely think the uh, that is a a recurring theme here with I think some of our favorite comedies is outside of excellent writing and excellent performances, it's generally speaking just stupid fun. Um, that's and that's like one of the ones that that I'm going to bring up here shortly is that like some stuff it doesn't have necessarily have to make sense it doesn't necessarily have to uh go it doesn't necessarily have to not cross any lines um it's it's just you know it's all good all in good fun yeah um i'll do another one and i'll tag team you in because so i think comedy we like two specific genres, and I think they're more alike than people would like to give it credit for because one genre everyone seems to like, and one genre is very niche. And those are comedy and horror. And rather, whether people mm-hmm. want to admit it or not, the two are very, very similar. Of Both are very script-based, but also very timing-based. If you tell a joke too soon, not funny. If you tell it too late, not funny. Yeah. But if you hit the right spot, perfect. Same with any scares, atmosphere, anything. Comedy is very similar to horror, which is why yeah. when you meld them together, oh my goodness, it's a perfect blend of just amazeballs. So it's, I don't know if it's my favorite horror comedy, probably because there's still enough horror elements on like something else I'll talk about later, which I would consider just a straight up comedy, but I will always sing the praises of Tucker and Dale versus evil. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> Admittedly, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is more funny if you are a horror fan because it lampoons the whole idea of horror movies of just like, here's the, here's our idiot rednecks that you would immediately assume are the killers, but they're not. They're the good guys and the uh, douchey college kids are actually the villains in this. And so... If you go into it as a horror fan, you'll be more rewarded. It's kind of like Cabin in the Woods, but I would much rather watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil versus Cabin in the Woods. I like yeah. Cabin in the Woods, but Tucker and Dale, it's so funny. Also, both Tucker and Dale are some of the most wholesome and good-natured protagonists, this side of Bill and Ted, of like, they're just genuinely good people that have the worst luck in the world. Like, um... I just, you genuinely feel bad. It's just like, it's just one giant misinterpretation. But at the same time, if it's even funnier if you're a horror fan, because good grief, the kills are so ridiculously over the top. Like, I know your favorite kill is the dude jumping headfirst into the wood chipper. Or the guy. I, I love, yes. 
Or the guy that's running away from the bee's nest and the guy with the chainsaw and accidentally impales himself like Olaf and Frozen. Or actually, a scene that I feel like doesn't get enough credit is at the end when the uh, main college kid is trying to confront the redneck and be like, we want our friend back. Their friend is just like, actually, okay, I'm a psychology major. We're going to sit down and talk through our issues. Now, doesn't that sound nice? Does anybody want any tea? Like this whole, like, just, all right, stop. Pause. We're gonna talk about this like grown-ups. I'm like, what? Okay. And then immediately just things go bad again with like a weed whacker to the face. Um it's just Yep. It's so dumb, but I love it as a horror fan and as a comedy. It's just it goes, okay, this is the horror movies that you know, but what if you're the bad guy because you're rooted for the wrong person this whole time? Of hey Tucker, just go up to that girl and smile. Girls like when you smile. <laughs> okay, maybe don't smile. <laughs> and he's got like, hey guys, you from around mouth. here? <laughs> <laughs> he's got the sight. Hey, lady. Oh man, it's so good. I think, and I think my the reason the wood chipper scene is my favorite is not necessarily the kill itself, but tucker's uh reaction to it where he's just like did somebody just jump in the wood chipper what's going and on he's trying to help him and the cop shows up and he's got just legs he's like trying to pull it out he's like come on get out of there he's like oh. officer i promise this isn't what it looks like <laughs> i uh it's, i could talk about tucker and dale versus evil just people go see oh, it. it's yeah. so good uh josh what you got all right, so I'm going to hit you with one that I think I've mentioned once or twice. Um, I will caveat with this with this is not a good movie. Oh, no. <laughs> but, oh, no. But it is so either unintentionally or intentionally hilarious that it's – hard to watch sometimes um i'm talking about a movie starring people like donald glover and audrey plaza in the movie called mystery team <laughs> say what you've never heard of this movie I have you never heard of the mystery team mystery team is this like discount yeah. no it's, it's about three best friends who solve in large large air quotes solve mysteries and like so they do it and start doing it as kids and then they're they're about to all leave for college and they're still doing it so they're like grown almost grown teenagers like going to college and they're still acting like they they were in like elementary school so it's just it's like it's like donald glover's character from community but if he did a lot of acid and then showed up in the MCU. Yep, yeah, exactly. It's great. It's really funny. Um, there, it's definitely not a clean, clean humor movie. Uh, at one point, uh, they drop a uh, like a key or a ring or something like that into a <clears throat> a very dirty toilet in the back of a stripper joint, um, and they all they all make eye contact and they're like, "Somebody's got to go get it." It's one of them just goes, all right. And he's like, they're all, and at the same time, they're running from people. So like the other two guys are trying to get out of the, out of the window while the other guy's like, 
arm elbow deep in, in this toilet, like looking for this thing, and just he just starts yelling things. Like at one point he's like, "There's something so hard inside, something soft. I don't understand." It's just it's just so weird. It's such a weird movie, but it's so funny because it's so weird. Okay, where can I find this? I have no idea. Uh, Luke, Dark web. Luke, <laughs> like Luke, uh, Luke from college randomly found it in a bin in like the five dollar bin at Walmart one day, and we were like, "We all like Donald Glover. Let's watch him." Sure, what? Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> which, which I don't know if he actually watches this or not. Um, does I don't know if Luke listens to us or not, but if he does, Luke, you are the cause of this. You inadvertently started everything here. So good job. Um, Because, yeah, Fight Club, man. Fight Club is everything. Um, Interesting. What? Okay, so I did back-to-back ones. What's another one that you've got? Um, I've got... Let's go, let's go. Let's go with a recent one with Jumanji Next Level. Yeah, buddy! I like me some Jumanji. It's very good. Um, it's weirdly enough better than the first one, which doesn't happen a lot with comedies. Completely agree. I love Um, the second one. I love them both, but the second one is even better, I think. Yeah, and I think, uh, I will say, (laughs) I'm not, I don't want to give away any story details or anything like that, but like the opening scenes, um, with Danny DeVito makes me want him as Phil in the live-action Hercules even more now. Because, <laughs> uh, gosh, that man's still funny. I feel like, okay, is it just me? Maybe I just haven't seen enough of him in person. I feel like they shrunk Danny DeVito even more in this movie to make him seem smaller. No. no. He's just actually Have that small? Have you ever seen... Yeah, have you ever seen um, it, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Some. I've seen the, Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen the one where I've he wrestles. Yes. No, he's legitimately that small. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I I love Jumanji so much, especially that second one. And I, I really hope we get a third one. So. Uh, yeah, I think they're setting it up. So. Um, you got a recent one. I'm going to go old school. Like, I think okay. this was the 80s. This is back be- when he was still relatively sane and not claiming he was on tiger blood. And I'm, of course, talking about Charlie Sheen. <gasps> and my favorite Charlie Sheen movie of all time, because I'm a baseball fan, is Major League. Uh, what did you think uh, I was going to go with? Okay. Like, Hot Shots? Yeah, I thought you were going Hot Shots. Part Don't get me wrong. so funny. I um, love Hot Shots, too. And Hot Shots, part <laughs> do. But as a baseball fan... Major League is just great, man. Yeah. No, you're right. You're I right. Love... <laughs> Are you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? I like Jesus, but he no hit curveball. <laughs> and he's got the snake and he's like <laughs> baptizing his locker or something. Uh, it's just so... <laughs> it's the classic baseball movie. It's just so good and so stupid. Uh, you may run like Maze, but you hit like his sister. Well, that's the TV version. Which I actually like that version. I like that dialogue dubbing better. It's every once in a while the TV dub is better than the original version. Looking at you, snakes on a plane, monkey fried. Um, it's still the best dubbing ever. For those that don't know, if you watch Snakes on a Plane, what you're thinking? 
Nathan, why are you watching Snakes on a Plane? Trust me, that's one movie I never will see, but I have seen that scene. Instead of, he normally says, I've had it with these MF snakes on this MF plane. When you watch it on TV, I've had it with these uh, monkey fried snakes on this Monday to Friday plane, and it is the single best dubbing ever. Um, the Major League, you had everyone more or less in their comedic prime. You had Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes before the taxes. You had Henry Spencer from Psych as a terrible third baseman that thinks he's still good. Um, yes. And at one point, you see um, Dorn, the catcher, reading Moby Dick as a comic book so he can keep up with this librarian ex-girlfriend. Major League is just good, and I don't care. I still even like the second one. I just enjoy the Major League franchise. I enjoy both of them, but the first one in particular it gets me in the baseball spirit, and it's just wonderful. Although I will give an honorable mention to Hot Shots just to make Josh happy. Um, yeah, I do enjoy both <laughs> of them, but Major League, Major League's where it's at, man. Uh, what you got? Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, I got, I got, a, I got lots more. Um, well, yeah, let's let's stick with <laughs> let's stick with this. Um, old older older film uh feel uh i put air quotes there because i think it's a time that it's recognized as one of the best comedic duos ever in uh ryan gosling and russell crowe that's not old nice school guy. that's not old school <laughs> it's old school it takes place in the 80s that's like 2016 or 2017 man <laughs> That's why I put air quotes. <laughs> Whatever, man. But, okay, yes, the nice guys is still wonderful. Uh, just... they, uh, the, those who don't know, the nice guys is about basically about two detectives who are not nice guys. It's up for de- yeah, they're not nice guys, and it's up for debate on whether or not they're good at their job. No, Russell um, Crowe is good at his job. But yeah, exactly. Ryan Gosling exactly. is not. But Russell- Ryan Gosling definitely is not. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Russell Crowe just cold cocks everyone in the face. And it's great. Yes, he does. I think my, it's still my favorite scene in the film is when they're trying to get rid of the body and they accidentally <laughs> dump it on a, on a wedding table. Uh, or that or when Russell Crowe first meets Ryan Gosling and Ryan Gosling is sitting on a toilet while trying to hold a gun, a cigarette, a newspaper and the door open. And still cover himself up, and he can't do it. No. <laughs> and or, uh, oh. Russell Crowe's—it's Russell Crowe's daughter, isn't it? Is is just the the meanest person. Is it Russell Crowe's or, or Ryan Ryan's? Russell Crowe's. It's Russell Crowe's. Okay. Ryan Gosling like never Jeez. has kids Ryan's... in movies. I don't think he's old enough. He's still baby faced. He's still baby faced. Oh, he's he's my age. He's a little older than me. What? Uh, come on. Is he? I'm. I, dude, hit us with another movie. I'm going to live Google this. I'm a guy, I got it. I got it. I got my tablet. Okay. Keep telling us oh, about look the at nice you. guys. Look at you. Actually, it's okay. But like, so it, they, it's your typical mystery, like, you know, detective dude, film. Dude, not where... even close. Okay, Josh, <laughs> how old do you think you are? I'm, I'm, I'm 28. Ryan Gosling is 39, dude. Yeah, that's close. <laughs> that's what women tell themselves that love Ryan Gosling. 
okay. Okay. <laughs> bang, Although, bang, bang. I will say, I think, I, now that I think about it, I remember what my favorite moment of the Nice Guys is. And it's not one that oh. that just talked about as much, but I still... Any scene that, like, completely exposes or jokes about typical movie tropes, I'm a big fan of. So it there's a scene when Ryan Gosling has to break into a house to get some information. And so... The age-old adage is you break the door, you break the window to the door, and you unlock it to let yourself in. So this oh, idiot, yes. this idiot tries to punch the door, and he accidentally slits his wrist with the shattered glass of the door that he just punched a hole in, and he has to get sent to the ER because he, he passes, passes out, out from the blood loss, all from trying to break into a door. I'm like, anything oh, like that that just like you would expect. Oh yeah. The hero can, of course, just get into a locked door. That's just something you come to expect from movies. And when that doesn't happen, that's when the humor lies. And it just gets taken to the extreme. And it's just, it's so stupid wonderful. It's so stupid. It's so funny, though. It's a very, very funny movie. It's, yeah, it's very, very good. Let's see. Um, I will go with a recent-ish movie. Oh, gosh. Okay. I said recent-ish. Now that I think about it, it's like 10 years old now. Um, that was like me when I was like, man, uh, Balboa came out a couple years ago. 14 years ago. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, nah, this movie came out 10 years ago, if I remember correctly. And it's still one of my all-time favorites. And I'm still pissed to this day that we never got a sequel. And it would have been called Get Smarter. Because I'm, of course, <laughs> talking about Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway's comedic masterpiece, Get Smart. I loved it so much. And maybe it's because The Rock is actually the bad guy for once, so he's playing against type. He's actually doing something different for once. Um, but this, to me, was at least when I first started to notice Steve Carell as a comedic genius because I saw Anchorman late, but then again, I felt like I didn't need to see Anchorman because everyone in junior high quoted it. Literally every other word out of their mouth was an Anchorman quote. If it wasn't that, it was a Step Brothers quote. Um which neither of those movies are on my list. I like them, but they've been they've been played to death, I think. Um, yes, they have. But Steve Carell is just outstanding and gets smart. It is so funny. And there's just I appreciate in a comedy when there's different types of humor, like slapstick, topical, but also like some really, really intelligent humor. That's why I like Robin Williams because, yes, he can make goofy voices and everything else, but then he can transition it to, like, I'll make a joke about the Roman Empire and you'll still get it. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and I think that is all over the place. Um, and it's because it was inspired by a Mel Brooks show with Get Smart, which Mel Brooks is a genius and let's just say won't be the last time that we hear the name Mel Brooks talked about today. Um, no, it will not. But I unfortunately narrowed it down to just one Mel Brooks movie, um, or else most of his stuff would be on this list. Uh, but Get Smart yeah, is so good. Of you can't staple people's heads. That's CIA crap. Um, or just for a while there, I could quote the whole movie because I've seen it so much. Also, we talk about how great the Bill Murray cameo is in in Zombieland. Why do we talk about his great cameo in Get Smart when he's literally just stationed inside of a hollow tree? for hours on end and doesn't get to talk to anybody. 
it's Bill Murray, man. I don't know. I mean, he's done nothing but comedy, uh, like cameos recently, really. And I mean, he's got a few indie projects that he's kind of put out, but like, I agree. Like it's one of the best cameos out there. And it's unfortunately like nobody's everyone's like, I love him in Zombieland, but nobody saw Zombieland until later. Nope. So, um, and then I, I think people saw Zombieland too. I don't know how that did at the box office. I, but, uh, I'm not a hundred percent on that one either, but he's, he's great in that one too. Cause I feel like that one, he had a little pent up rage in that cameo. <laughs> I mean, how could you not hate playing Garfield? Yeah, because he was tricked into playing Poor it. Um, but I, I love Get Smart so much, and I'm glad it's now on HBO Max that I can watch it in better quality than my DVD because that's how long I've had it. Absolutely. Uh, but Josh, so, what's your next one? You were talking about Steve Carell, and that you weren't. I guess were you were you were made aware of. Uh, Steve Carell's comedic chops, right? And get for forget smart. We all had a feeling that Channing Tatum could be funny, but in Twenty One Jump Street, he proved <laughs> that he is really funny. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll give you that one. Um, I I might be in the minority, and that's fine. I actually prefer Twenty Two Jump Street over the first one. I do, I I do as well, but I I think if we're doing um, which one's a better like quote unquote movie, I think Twenty One is, is better built story wise and doesn't uh, load into the typical buddy cop cliches um, like the second one does. Well, I think I might think the second one's better because it has like the single funniest scene i've ever seen in a movie with yeah everyone's like universally agrees that okay that's the best scene in the movie when okay what what the what the heck is the elephant in the room it flips around the picture takes a minute the actual microwave ding noise goes off and goes you did it with captain's daughter and he just runs around for two minutes It's funny, and then for a little bit, it's not funny because it drags on. And then because they drag it on for so long, it becomes funny again. And then he just sits down. It's really not that funny. It's It's not funny. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's so good. But the first one of of just like um, that scene where they accidentally just took the drugs from Dave Franco. Yeah. And Rob Riggle is just like, you guys on drugs? Nah, man. Put your tongue back in your mouth. That's weird. He's like just a ice cream cone head. I'm like, what is this movie? Oh man, and just like, I think Jonah and and Channing Tatum's uh, chemistry was something I don't think really, at least I didn't expect. Um, and then once I saw them on screen, it. I want more of both of these guys together, whether it's in 21 jump street or something else. This was the kind of the movie too, that um, put Jonah, Jonah Hill on my radar. Cause like I, I had never, I, I didn't grow up with like, uh, what, what was it? Super um, bad. Super. I, I didn't grow up with super bad. Same care. Um, yeah, but fine. yeah, so it's, yeah, so this this put Jonah Hill on on the radar for me, and I, it, it's hard to beat the first one, honestly. Yeah, 
Um, again, I've never been like the hugest fan of Ice Cube as an actor, but oh, he's perfect. And if we couldn't get J.K. Simmons back, there's some people that wanted Ice Cube as J.K. as J. Jonah, and I was like, I'm I'm not entirely against that idea, actually. <laughs> I might prefer it a little bit. Um, yeah, Jump Street is just it's so stupid. Also, great cameo by Johnny Depp at the end. Um, yeah, because he specifically asked um, to die. <laughs> Yes. Because <laughs> he really was done with the Jump Street franchise. He's like, oh, cool. Chance to die definitively? Works for me. Uh, <laughs> just uh, Jump Street. Oh, you talked to... Now I remember where my brain was going. Sometimes it goes too fast. <laughs> um, you talked about you wanted to see more of Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. You do realize that they have paired up again besides Jump Street, right? In, in what? Both Lego movies. Superman and Green Lantern. Wait, really? Superman and Green Lantern. Also done by Lord and Miller. <laughs> what? That's. <laughs> what? Yeah. All Look right. it up. You didn't know. Yeah. That's why they have all those jokes about like Superman being tired of Green Lantern is because they were buddies in Jump Street movies by the same directors. That's crazy. Huh. Well, all right then. Josh learns something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal, right? Yep. So, uh, switching gears here, I'm going to go with the only seasonal movie on my list because I believe horror comedies can be enjoyed year-round. Whereas all this one movie, if you watch it any other time in the year than when you're supposed to, it's kind of weird because... It's almost like a rite of passage in my family that you have to watch this movie every Christmas season and no other time or else it's weird. And of course, I'm talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. I'm down with that. Yeah. It's, I was like, do I put it on this list? Well, granted, I've seen it more than almost any other comedy because it's like a tradition and fight me. It's yeah. the best Christmas movie ever because it's the older I get the more it's uncomfortable because of how it is definitely my family going up. Oh, yep. That's the cousin Eddie of the family. That's the Clark Griswold of the family. Yep. Okay. That's hitting a little too close to home. I know that feeling. <laughs> um, it's just I watch it every year. It's also probably one of the most quoted movies in my house. And I will, it's one of those, that, it doesn't matter how many times you quote it. It's still funny to me. Like, that cat had nine lives. Yeah. You just spent them all. <laughs> or yeah. just Cousin Eddie on the front lawn just getting rid of his sewage. <laughs> Crapper was that is, uh, that That's me. I'm Cousin Eddie. <laughs> yes, I, I would say that your heart is bigger than your brain. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Oh, that's so me. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I don't know what to do now. I'm so hurt. Uh-huh. No, Josh, oh, Josh is right, dead inside. So he doesn't feel I anything got, we, except knee pain. Yeah, yeah don't, don't 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 be fooled. Um so you got three more after that, right? Um four. Yeah, okay, so we're down to four solid. And all all four of these last ones, except for my number one, are so close. 
Yeah. So these last four are definitely, at least in for me, and I think you, you can say the same. Um, I definitely have one specific one that's my favorite, mm-hmm. but the rest of these are so, so, so close. And I can easily quote large portions of the, of these last four. I could, uh, in, if I'm having a bad day and you put on any of these four, it instantly changes the rest of my day. Oh yeah. Same. Some I have more of an emotional so, connection um, to, and I think that's why I latch on to them, but others I just yes. genuinely will always love and quote the whole entire thing. Yes. So I'm going to lead in here nice and strong with uh, Kung Pao. I knew it. I knew it was going to be here soon at some point. That's what I said it earlier that, yep, Kung Pao's got to be on here somewhere. It's, golly, it's this It's either movie. Kung Pao or Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> See, what's weird is I almost would consider Kung Fu Hustle more of a martial arts movie than a comedy. What about Shaolin uh, Soccer? Whereas Kung Pao... You, Kung Pao is definitely har, all the all the way a comedy. What about Shaolin Soccer? From, also, I made a Shaolin Soccer reference in 2020. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> like no um, one talks about Shaolin Soccer anymore. <laughs> because no one has seen it. It's true. Um, <laughs> but uh, Kung Pao is literally one of the funniest movies on the planet to me it like from the point when he punches the guy's stomach out and it's a solid piece of jello to um him jumping over a hole and being like i need gopher chucks and two gophers pop out and he rips a shirt and he's got gopher nunchucks like it's just the most ridiculous movie as far as kung fu goes but it's so funny. It's it's too smart for its own good. Um, and like I love how it's made too. I love the fact that that it's it's an old kung fu movie that's been dubbed and then they like shot other stuff and just put it in there. So is that the one where like the hero is like running from a really far distance away and it's like chosen yes. one. I'm coming. So I say I'm that because that scene reminds me of a scene from one of my movies that I'll put now. Um, in which case, there's two guards guarding a castle. Brrr, guy off in the distance. Brrr, guy off in the distance. Brrr, huzzah! Just stabs out of nowhere because that's to me the funniest joke in all of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I love <laughs> Monty Python because to me, if you edit a movie well, editing can be funny. Look at any Edgar Wright movie. Edgar Wright movies are funny because he edits them in a funny way. Like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, there's funny editing in that. Things enter the frame in funny ways. They leave things in the in funny ways. And there's funny editing in Monty Python. But also, come on, it's Monty Python. Of course, one of us had to say it's one of the best comedies ever. You may call me... Tim, or like before everyone quoted Anchorman, people quoted Monty Python. And still to this day, it other yes. than maybe Star Wars, it could easily be the single most quoted movie of all time. Even if you have not seen Monty yes. Python, you know, but a fl- it's but a s- 
just a scratch, just a flesh wound, um, or the killer bunny. I uh, everyone knows Monty Python. <laughs> oh, come back here! I'll bite your arm off. It's uh, yes, and that's why it's uh, my next one. So yeah, um, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. It's 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 so good. It genuinely, um, I think it it encapsulates outside of the show if you've ever seen monty python flying circus it's a good time i would recommend it to anybody um but the it encapsulates okay are you ready for something different that kind of mentality that the monty python crew has always always kind of put at the forefront of their when they're writing stuff and just like from the fact that they have a coconut joke at the beginning of the movie that becomes a an actual story point because they like, didn't have the money on. in the budget for an actual horse. I know, and it's great. It's uh, what was it? Um, what scene? Oh, so like when he's when he says sorcerer, when sorcerer, sorcerer. Oh my goodness, um, says his name's Tim. Um, John Cleese had like an actual super long name that, that they had written, and he forgot it and just said Tim. And they were like, yeah, that's hilarious. Let's do that. Bring out your dad. Bring out your dad. I'm not dead yet. I'm fine. I could go for a walk. Or for a while there, my text message ringtone was, message for you, sir. I will avenge you. I'll make sure your death is not in vain. I I think I'll be okay. I think I'll pull through. Oh, I'm going to be okay. I'll get you help. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll come along. I'm fine. It's, I'm a sucker uh, for good British humor. It's hard to describe, but British humor is different than American humor. That's why I loved the British IT crowd more than the Big Bang Theory, just because it was just stupid. Uh, but at the same time, this is going to sound really dumb, but stupid humor is incredibly smart if done correctly. It's really hard yeah. to do good, stupid humor. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think Monty Python does it so well, but also like they will acknowledge the fourth wall. That's something that it's really easy to do, but hard to do it well. But Monty Python does it well. It's like, do you think we should cut this song? We've debated about that internally and we don't know if we should keep it or not. It feels like it drags out the movie or they're being chased by the dragon. And all of a sudden the animator had a heart attack. Like I love anything that draws attention to it. And like breaks the fourth wall and my top movie of all time definitely destroys the fourth wall on more than one occasion. But I'll, I'll get there in a little bit. Monty Python is just, it's just a wonderful classic. So that's your next one. It is. Um, I'll go with one that's got, it's a high on my list just because it's more of a sentimental pick, but also I've seen it so many times because it's so ridiculously funny. And I I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I keep saying you need to see it. It's a movie called Better Off Dead. Um, ah, I yes. put it on the list because it was one of the first movies that Heather and I watched together when we first started dating. And the premise, there is no way you could remake this movie nowadays with this premise like this. So John Cusack, the wonderful man that he is, uh, this is back in his teen years. He just got broken up by his girlfriend, who's like the most popular girl in school, who is actually um, Nancy from... Um, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, so she breaks up with him, 
and he becomes suicidal thinking it's not worth it in life anymore, so he's going to kill himself. But every time he tries to kill himself, something goes wrong that keeps him alive. So, like, um, he is going to hang himself in the garage, but he thinks out. He's just like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll be okay. Uh, but as he's trying to get himself down, his mom opens the garage door and accidentally knocks him off. So he's actually hanging for real going, um, help, help. Um, or better yet, better yet, he has uh, wrapped himself in like curtains or something and has lighter fluid and is going to set him. Uh, he's going to drink the lighter fluid to kill himself. But before he can do it, they're having the neighbor um, and their foreign exchange student over for dinner. And the mom of uh, the neighbor grabs the lighter fluid, um, drinks a little bit of it, and then lights her cigar and explodes herself. (laughs) That's the best thing in the world. And so we immediately smash cut to the next day when they have to drive that kid to school. And and John John, uh, Cusack just goes, Gee, Ricky, I'm sorry your mom blew up. <laughs> or just. <laughs> or my single favorite line from the whole movie is he's trying to kill himself by jumping off a bridge into traffic. So he's about over there. His friend talks him out of it. He's just like, you're, you're going to be OK. You could just go back to skiing because he's a big skier. And it's, there's a whole bunch of jokes with that, too. Um, and so he finally talks him out of it. But before John Cusack can climb back over the barricade to safety, his friend pats him on the back and he falls over the edge into the street. But a driving by um, trash truck catches him. And so he just chills in the backseat of the truck for a little bit. And he drives past two guys fixing um, electric, uh, electric wires hanging above. And two of them just look at him, waves to them. And they just look at each other going, it's a shame people be throwing away a perfectly good white boy. I'm going <laughs> just wrong, but wonderful and wrong. Or there's an evil kid I, that just wants his two dollars. Or yes, okay. So I have seen that movie. It's so I watched good. It with you guys. Yes. Yes. I wondered if you saw that it. line. That line pops in my head all the time. What I'm just like chilling by myself, and I see a kid ride by by on a bike, and just in my head, I just hear two dollars, two dollars, or. Do you? This is perfectly good snow. Do you know the street value of this? God, it's like <laughs> snorting snow, and he's just like, "Yes, I can't feel my right arm." While he's moving his right arm in circles, and I'm like, "Just, just, it's so '80s and warped and wrong. It's just so stupid, and I love it so much." Um, so yeah, I watch that one every couple months. Um, it's. I'm not a big rom-com fan, and I don't even know if I would put it in that because the romance is only something that they throw in in the last 20 minutes, really. But it's so just just wrong, but the right kind of yeah. wrong. It's just, it ain't right, man. So I am going to skip my number two. Oh. Because I know what your number one is. <laughs> I, I bet you do. I bet you do. So let's lead then with what do you think my number one is? If it's not what your number one is, what is it? How to Train Your Dragon. That's not a comedy. There's comedic <laughs> elements to it. Um, it's comedic elements in any good movie. Um, I'll give you a hint. How about that? I'll give you a hint. Okay. 
It's another British comedy starring Bilbo Baggins. Starring Bilbo Baggins? Hot Fuzz? Nope. Are you ready? The World's End. No! Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Dude, I could have had a year and I still wouldn't have guessed that. (laughs) Bro, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is genuinely like one of my top five favorite movies of all time. So it's, it's, okay, do you know the premise? Yeah. The world blows up, doesn't it? It's so, you know, the world gets blown up and uh, Martin Freeman's character has to go on an adventure because there's no home. (laughs) There's no earth right now. And just it's intergalactic travel and there's lots of weird stuff. It is just it's good times all around, you know, just make sure you bring your towel. Also, I think you're one of the only people that actually still brings that up to this day. Like, I know there's a big um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan base, but like you don't hear it talked about much in 2020. No, you don't because it's so wild. Okay. So, um, my number two, before we reveal the big number one, my number two is a fairly recent one that may be an immediate fan of a certain director that I begged and pleaded Josh to see for years. And he finally did. And I believe he was rewarded for watching it because Taika Waititi is a masterclass at good storytelling. And I'm so glad I was introduced to him via what we do in the shadows, the movie before the show, there was an outstanding movie. And I think besides the scene from 22 jump street that we talked about earlier, what we Mm -hmm. do in the shadows is one of the only movies that has made me cry from laughing so hard for one scene in particular. And that's when, um, it's not Stu who um the guy that gets turned into a vampire about halfway through when he's running for his life uh trying not to get bitten and Jermaine Clement's character kind of turns into a cat but he can't quite get it so picture a cat's body with the face of the guy from Flight of the Concords except like regular size and it's terrifying and funny like my roommate at the time, Alex, we saw this in college together and we had to pause the movie. We were laughing so hard and crying because it just comes out of nowhere like, what are we watching? What have what road have we gone down? This is insanity and I kind of <laughs> don't want to stop. But like, there's that type of humor. There's good topical humor. There's Taika Waititi just being outstanding. There's... uh. There's that great scene of just like the talking about how terrifying vampires are. Of like when I got bitten, I was in a long, dark hallway in this dark, dungeon castle, and I see this tall, mysterious figure looming over me. He swoops in, bites my neck, and when I wake up, it was Peter. Yeah, <laughs> they love Peter. Peter's great, and I'm I'm still sad that Peter. What happened to Peter is Peter, but also as great as Peter is, yeah. the real MVP of that movie is Stu, who is, yes. who is like the only normal character for most of this movie. There's just, yes, it's just, it's, I would almost say it's pretty clean by and large, actually. I think it's yeah. R, but I, I could make the argument that it should be PG-13. 
13. It's relatively clean, which that doesn't have to be the case for comedies, but I, it didn't rely on shock value or raunchiness to be funny. Um, like, and in fact, when they do swear, they call it out because remember we're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> <laughs> which is the single oh, good job. it's uh oh, i just love what we do in the shadows so much it's so good it's it's super good it's so underrated uh, that's why i knew really ragnarok was gonna I be good really saw it too. Hmm? yeah i i'm really happy i finally saw it because that that is a treat it is it is definitely a treat yeah it it's how i knew ragnarok was gonna be something special i was just like oh it's the guy that did yes. what we did in the shadows this is gonna be good okay josh um the ball is in your court what what do you think is my number one of all time that will never ever be shaken and will always be my number one comedy ever well you said we were gonna talk about mel brooks again yeah buddy um and you love stupid but smart humor um you know we've already talked about holy grail so there's only one movie left that could possibly be and that's space balls no I was not, <laughs> okay i was about to say done. i was about to say i was like you're close but no cigar because a lot of people prefer <laughs> space balls though space a lot of people prefer space balls yeah. heather actually likes space balls more than this movie which i get i understand that this isn't the most popular Mel Brooks movie, but I don't care because I grew up reading so many Robin Hood stories. So it was all the more gratifying to me to see stupid shenanigans in Robin Hood Men in Tights, which it's just, that's my happy place as a movie. Um, that's uh, it's, I could quote the whole thing. And unfortunately I think I did when we watched it earlier this week, just to rewatch it. Cause I hadn't seen it in a while. I'm like, this is still good, which I remember in high school, uh, I did some plays every once in a while, but I remember um, one of my friends in high school, his mom was the drama teacher. And so I remember time and time again trying to convince her, we need to make Men in Tights in the next year's school play and make me Blinken, please. Because Blinken is like single-handedly my favorite comedy character. And also rewatching it now, it makes it so much better when you're paying attention to him because you're not, they don't call attention to it, but whatever the action is, wherever the action is or whatever's happening, everyone's looking at it, except for Blinken, who purposely will look the opposite direction every single time. Or like um, when they're joust, pretend jousting, everyone turns their head to face the action. His head turns the opposite direction just to keep that joke going, but they never call attention to it. So it's one of those, if you don't call attention to something, for me, it makes it funnier. Like in Nacho Libre, when he's playing tetherball and he loses a shoe, they never call attention to it. And he just walks away dramatically. I'm like, you still don't have your shoe, by the way. Um, I just, Men in Tights, I can quote the whole thing more than anything yeah. else. Uh, it will never not be funny to me as many times as I watch it of... Uh, just just thinking about it, I will always crack up. It's not my favorite scene in the movie, but it's the one that I can never keep a straight face for is when the Pope is coming down. Hey, Abbott. Good morrow. Hey, Abbott. Good morrow. <laughs> hey, Abbott. I hate that guy. <laughs> and then the guy <laughs> for the door and just... Beep, boop. It's, it's, 
there's so many different styles of humor. You've got an Air Jordan reference, um, because kids, yes! kids are gonna know what that means nowadays. Um, <laughs> or the, the pubs. This it's just great. Or my actual favorite scene in the whole movie is when um, King Rit- uh, the evil king hires a bounty hunter to kill Robin during the archery contest, and he shoots the arrow and Blink and catches it in midair. And like, yes, good job, Blinken. How did you do that? I could hear it coming a mile away. Good job, Blinken. What? Who's talking? What? <laughs> like, just completely oblivious. It's oh, oh it's just I good. Like, uh, the the a Blinken joke that they <laughs> they run. <laughs> a Blinken. No, hey Blinken or Blinken. Um, I a love chew? a Jew um, here. No, 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 not a Jew. A chew. <laughs> oh man, uh, that and the uh, the moving mole, which, um, is, which <laughs> is like a running joke for Mel Brooks movies, because it's like the same thing with the hump in Young Frankenstein. Yes, I have a mole. Which is, that is, yeah, <laughs> that is one of my favorite uh, Mel Brooks jokes. Is the is the the hump. Didn't you have a, wasn't your hump on the other side? What hump? Um. <laughs> Which also, um, I love with quick side tangent with Young Frankenstein. I think my single favorite line from the whole thing is when, um, uh, what's his face? Igor comes back with the Abby Normal brain, and um, yeah, Beast runs out, and he's just like. You got an abnormal, normal brain? Damn your eyes. Too late for that. And his eyes are all... <laughs> they're like making fun of the fact that his eyes are already going... They're in every direction. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is wrong, but it's wonderful. Um, it's the best. But men in tights will just And like, we'd be... Hmm, go for it. Yeah, we'd be amiss if we didn't talk about uh, the the Men in Tights song because it's you know it's dum, the pinnacle. Dum, 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 we're, we're men. We're, we're men, men in tights. tights. <laughs> and blinking, we're just men decking in everyone in the face. <laughs> also, it's just good and like the the joke where they start with the big sticks and they keep breaking them so they go to smaller sticks and still they're like 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 this going. Like, <laughs> And then he falls in the room. Help it's me, I'm best. drowning. I'm drowning. <laughs> He's like, uh, uh, you're not, you're like in a barely a creek, boy. So I think the reason why it's my favorite comedy is, one, I grew up as a big Robin Hood fan, and I don't care, fight me. This is the best, this is the last good Robin Hood movie we've had since, what it was, this 1992, 1993. We haven't had a good Robin Hood movie since. I think this movie works for me and works as a movie is... Yes, there's good humor, but it's still trying to tell a story and be a movie. At its core, it is still a halfway decent Robin Hood story. Even if you strip away the comedy, it's a pretty good Robin Hood movie in and of itself. It's a loving homage somewhere in between the Errol Flynn Robin Hood movie, which still holds up really well and is actually really excellent, and the Kevin Costner one that's parodying. Um, It's a good, good Robin Hood story. And I think my issue that I've said many times with modern spoof movies is scenes only exist to tell jokes, not move the plot along. Whereas Men in Tights 
they have jokes within scenes, but there aren't scenes that are there just to tell specific jokes. They make jokes out of the scenes that are happening. Um, like um, a chew pointing out, hey, you don't have to fight him. I'm on the east side. I'm on the west side. I'm on the north side. I'm on the south side. In fact, I'm standing right in the middle of them both. Um, like, that's something from a Robin Hood story that we're making fun of. Mel Brooks understands comedy of how close can you get it to the source material? Because the closer you get it to that, the funnier it is. Why does Young Frankenstein work? Because it's so close to that style of the classic Universal Monster movies. Why does Spaceballs work? Because it's so close to Star Wars, but not quite. It understands its source material, whereas a lot of people are just like, oh, this is funny, because I recognize that reference. It's it's not so much that. It's you have to recognize it, but also have something smart to say about it. And I think Mel Brooks was excellent at that. Now, as much as I like Spaceballs, it'll always be Men in Tights for me. Although, I do like when they go to plaid. Yes. It's all good stuff, man. It's it's All of the movies we talked about today are very solid comedies that I think no matter what your humor preference is, minus maybe a couple of mine, um, you'll get them, you'll understand them, and they're a good time. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what a good comedy does. It's not too stupid. It's not too smart. It doesn't try to be something it's not. And I think that's what all, all, pretty much all of the movies that we talked about today, they very gracefully – tell the stories of their characters for better or for worse, whether or not that means having some really weird and stupid things happen. And, but at the end of the day, the characters, like we've always say, the characters are the ones that we come for the movies for. And I mean, I think about Rod all the time. I think about characters from men in tights all the time, but it, those are the people that these movies, why this movie, these movies are so funny. People like Blinken, especially Blinken. Um, that, that's why we keep coming back to these comedies. I couldn't agree more. Well said my friend. So what are some of your favorite comedies of all time? Let us know. What was like hearing from you guys? And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.